My brother, welcome to the Have It All Marriage for the Have It All Life podcast, where your marriage has 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. I'll tell you what, brother, I just want to encourage you that if you'll do your marriage God's way, your marriage does absolutely have a 100% chance of success. What men miss is that they don't understand, like the, the infinite detail that you need to go into in order to be able to pull it off God's way. So in today's episode, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about exactly what is this concept of the inner man? What is this concept of the sanctified man? What is this concept of the Christ-like man that is able to actually pull off Ephesians 5.25? Now, if you will remember or review from the other things that you might have seen from other times I've spoken, the question that really is at the center of how can your marriage have a 100% chance of success is Ephesians 5 and verse 25 commands us as men to love our wife as Christ loved the church. And in the English language, it's permissible to substitute the word like and as. So in other words, love her like Christ loved the church. And, and the question really becomes, if you are not like Christ, then how can you love her like Christ? If I tell you go perform brain surgery like a brain surgeon, you're going to kill your patient because you are not like a brain surgeon. So therefore, you cannot perform surgery like a brain surgeon. So Ephesians 5.25 is really speaking to the heart of the message in the Bible that it's not enough to just be paid up, prayed up, and ready to go up like so many, teaches, so many churches teach. It's, you've got to pursue becoming more formed in the image of Christ. It's only in that space where you are able to love her more like Christ, where she is able to feel a difference in your love. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean that if the Romans come knocking on the door with their swords and their shields and their centurions, that you are willing to go to the cross for your wife? Well, some people would argue yes. And I would say that most men listening to this show, if it came down to a fight to the death, it's either going to be her or him. He would die trying to protect her. I know I would, man. I believe you would. But that, that grand gesture, as much as it is to be willing to lay your life down for your wife, is not what makes her feel loved. It is not what gives her this feeling that she is being loved like Christ loved the church. What it is, and man, you're going to hate this. Your stomach's probably going to turn when I tell you this. It's what she's always been saying. It's the little things. And so we think in terms of these grand gestures and, and, and going to work and, and killing ourselves 12, 14, 16 hours a day, building businesses, building careers, and, and trying to, to build this empire and this kingdom of, of which we, 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 we think that we're ascending her into this, this throne of being the queen. But what we don't understand is that the way that we treat her along the way, all the little eye movements, all the little sighs, all the little hesitations before we speak or react, all the, 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 the reserved touches, all of the, the harbored thoughts of, of anger and irritation and, and agitation and annoyance and all of these feelings that we deal with where, where we resent her because maybe she's not fulfilling all of our needs. What men don't understand is that women are wired so differently. They're wired to not only pick up on all of that stuff far more efficiently and far more accurately than we as men can do, but they're wired to feel it far more deeply. 
So as I was kind of preparing for this podcast, one of the things that I was thinking is that as men, we are builders. We build our physical world. We want to build businesses. We want to build houses. We want to build lives. We want to build families. We want to build a marriage. And then we stand back and just like God would say in, in, in Genesis, you know, it is good. We stand back and we say, this is good. I built the business. I built the home. I built the family. I built the marriage. And, and building in this physical world, it helps us to have our identity. Look, man, every human on the planet suffers from two core fears. And if you don't feel it, I challenge you. I challenge you, brother, to dig for it and see if you can find it inside yourself. These two core fears are that I'm not enough and therefore I will die without love. And as men, what do we do with that? We bury it under six feet of concrete and lead and steel and titanium. And we build businesses and we build marriages and we build children and we build everything around us, boats and, and, and airplanes and, and, and toys and, and golf games. And, and we build all of this stuff. And what that does is it helps us to try to assume an identity where we do believe that we are enough because look at what we've achieved. Look at what we've built. If I were not enough, I would not have been able to build that stuff. But that is not the way that your wife is wired, my brother. The way your wife is wired is how I'm treated reflects how I am thought of and how I am thought of is, is who I must be in this world. Take a second, man, and let that sink in. How I am treated reflects who I am and, and, and who I am in this world. And so as, as we start to look at this, when, when she chooses someone who she believes is going to treat her the way she wants to be treated, which if you remember as the compass and the North Star, it is always as Christ loved his church. So if she is getting that Christ-like love from you, then she believes that she has value in this world. Her identity is not shame. Her identity is not guilt. Her identity is not anger and resentment and, and apathy and, and anger and rage and all of these things, man. Her identity is that of love. Her identity is that she is worthy of love and she gives love. And man, what more beautiful thing could you ask for from your wife? What more God-like thing, what more Christ-like thing could you ask for? That, that she believes that she is love and she is loved and she gives love. And then the thing is, is you go out and you build big businesses and you bring home big paychecks and you put that into bank accounts and you take her on the trips and you buy her the jewelry and the cars and the homes and you say, look at what I've given you. Don't you see how much I love you? And because that's your identity, that, that that's how you feel like, like you are worthy and deserving of love, you're basically ramming this stuff down her throat. Now, 99 women out of 100 are not going to say, I don't want that stuff, although you might find some. You might find some who say, you were broke when I married you, money's not important to me. But what I'm going to tell you, man, is that is not what, hel what helps her to, to assume this identity of love. What assumes that identity of love is that in every single interaction, every single interaction you have with her, she feels loved and therefore better. And these interactions, she is so wired to pick up on your, your eye movements. She is so wired to pick up on your tone of voice. She is so wired to pick up on the other nonverbal unseen things in the marriage and the relationship and the communication that is going on. I'm talking about your heart torus scientifically proven to be picked up from six or eight feet away. There's emerging science says maybe all the way across the country. Your heart is a transmitter, no different than your cell phone. It transmits radio waves, electromagnetic energy. And on your cell phone, your voice is modulated. In other words, they take your voice, they mix it with that electromagnetic energy, and that's how it gets to the cell tower. And then they decode it when it comes back from the cell tower, and it vibrates the speaker, and that's how, how your wife hears your voice through her cell phone. Well, what is going on inside the marriage is that your heart is the cell phone. 
And what it is transmitting is not your voice, but your deepest innermost thoughts in the moment. And her heart is able to pick this up and decode it and translate it. And inside of that space, if you have a smile on your face and you're doing everything you can to try to make her feel liked and loved and safe and cherished and nurtured and seen and held. But what you're feeling in your heart is the resentment over the fact that she has checked out in the bedroom or checked out in the kitchen or checked out in the living room or checked out of the entire marriage. And, and you're feeling that then what ends up happening is that becomes her experience and her experience drives directly to, I do not feel loved and therefore I must be seen and interpreted in this world as not worthy of love and therefore I must not be worthy of love and that drives her into shame and guilt. Now, can you go have a conversation with your wife and talk to her about this? Absolutely not. If you're thinking about having a conversation with your wife about this, turn this video off because it will do you more harm than good. There is no way in her current state of mind with you that she is going to let down all of her walls and be vulnerable enough to admit this. No way on the face of the earth, brother. And if you try to bring it up, it will just blow up in your face. But I'm giving you this because you need the knowledge that when you see your wife hurt, when you see that look on her face, I call it the garage door coming down. It's like you say that thing, right? Whatever it is, she's saying this, you're saying that, this argument's starting to heat up, and then the, the, this, this wells up inside of you. And something, man, that little angel on your shoulder is telling you, don't do it, don't do it, man, don't do it. And, and, and it's stronger than you, and it, and it just vomits out all over her. Like, and then you see this garage door coming down in front of her face and you know that you've just deeply hurt her. It's like, it's beyond anger. It's beyond rage. You just stuck a dagger in her heart. You just taught her you were someone she didn't think you were. You just broke a trust that, that, that she didn't believe you would ever break. And inside of that space, man, where she is going is shame. Where she is going is, why won't anyone love me? Why won't anyone love me? What is so unlovable about me? Why am I so broken? Why am I not enough? And am I going to realize my worst fear in life of dying without love? And my brother, what I want to tell you is that you're giving her the death of a thousand cuts. You're giving her the death of 10,000 cuts. You're giving her the death of a hundred thousand cuts because she feels a little piece of that every single time you have any irritation or aggravation or anger or frustration or rage or disapproval or disappointment in your heart for her. It is coming off the radio waves of your heart. You know where else it's coming from? The smell of your sweat. Scientifically proven, my brothers. If you get skydivers good and sweaty and you have them jump out of an airplane and then you take those, those, those underarms of those skydiving suits and you get a bunch of broke college students and you put them in the kind of fMRI machine that will show you the, the brain centers that are lighting up, you get these broke college students to sniff these things, even if they smell like soap and deodorant, and the same centers in the college students' brains light up as if they jumped out of an airplane. But you put something, you know, soothing on and you have them walk on a treadmill, have same college students sniff the same sweat of the same people, and all there is is peace and tranquility that shows up. No, no excitement, exhilaration, fear, or panic like jumping out of an airplane. Your wife is literally picking up on your emotions through the smell of your sweat, through the micro expressions on your face, through the seven tones of voice that she can hear that you and I can't, that women are wired to hear, my brother, she is so much more in tune, to, in tune with you and attuned to you. She is picking up on all of this stuff. And the tiniest little negative feelings that you have towards her are soul crushing to her because it goes right to her identity. I, I can't overemphasize this enough. And so what happens, guys are like, oh, I'm in trouble in my marriage. What am I going to do? 
well, I, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go search that on the internet. And when they search it on the internet, they find, oh, rub her feet, help her with the dishes, do her chores for her, wash her car, put gas in her car, give her space, all of these different things. And what I'm going to tell you, man, is that stuff blows up in your face every single time because the platform from which you are delivering those experiences to her is broken. And that platform is your body. That platform tells her on no uncertain terms that she is not enough, that she is not lovable. And let me ask you something, man. And I want you to be honest here because in your highest seat of self, if you're telling me the truth, even if she is shopping at Victoria's Secret and coming on to you, but unless you've got some kind of sick, twisted, masochist kind of fantasy, if she's telling you that you're a lousy husband and that you're not enough and that you're never going to make her happy and that nothing you do is ever going to fix it, she can put on all that stuff that she bought from Victoria's Secret, but it is not going to be a good experience for you, brother. And I'm telling you, man, it's the same thing for her, but it's in this an emotional space. We take it out of the physical and we put it in the emotional. We live in the physical. She lives in the emotional. This emotional relationship, this ability for you to become the chief emotions officer, this ability for you to be rock solid and certainty and impenetrable inside your emotional frame of being able to lift her emotions with every interaction. And this is 59 60th, as I keep telling you guys, am I repetitive here? Absolutely, I'm repetitive. By the time you and I get on the phone, I don't want to have to teach you this stuff, brother. I want you to be able to teach it to me. I want you to be able to tell me about the frog and the prince. I want you to be able to tell me about the monster and the mama's boy and the man. I want you to be able to tell me about her childhood fantasy of wanting to be intimate with her king. And, and every single time, one of these little eye movements, one of these little facial expressions, one of these little heart beats, one of these little sighs, one of these, these, these little tight jaws, one of these little marks of disappointment and disapproval is cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting. And you keep cutting and she keeps taking and you keep cutting and she's shutting down. You're cutting, she's shutting. You're cutting, she's shutting. You're cutting, she's shutting. You keep cutting her down, she keeps shutting you down. And she stopped, she stopped sharing. She stopped sharing because it is no longer productive to share her heart with a guy who is going to continually hurt her. That is the monster. And it is no longer productive for her to continually share her heart with the guy who can't fix it. And that is the mama's boy. And so you're cutting, she's shutting, and she's pulling away. And the next thing you hear is, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Or you hear she's got an emotional boyfriend or you're locked out of her phone and she's always on it. Or she's moved into the bedroom or she's talking to a lawyer or you find out she's having an affair. And all of this garbage where it's excuse after excuse why she needs to stay late at work or, or, or why you, you, you throw one of those trackers in her car and you notice that her car's in the Walmart parking lot for three hours after work and she's saying she has to work late. And, and, and the guys on social media, they're like, Bob, you know, is, you, know, what, you know, what should I do? And I'm like, man, be the man and lead her back into the marriage. And the guys on social media are like, no, walk away from her. And we've talked about that too, brother, that your job as a man of Christ is not to walk away from her because he did not walk away from you. Your job is to lead her back to Christ. And how can you do that when you're the monster? How can you do that when you're the mama's boy? How can you do that when you are not like Jesus? You want to pull this off right here, brother? You want to pull off Ephesians 5.25? The only way you do it is you become more like Jesus. The only way you do it is you become more like Jesus. And so how do you do that? And that is the $64 million question. And the answer is, you've got two paths, my brother. Path number one, you can spend decades in prayer, in study, in the word, in devotions, in fellowship, in small group, in conversations with your pastor, on your knees, trying to figure this stuff out. Because the Bible is very clear about what to do and not very clear about how to do it. 
And you are either going to try, try and fail and try and fail and figure this out by trial and error, or you are going to collapse decades of trial and error into a supercharged Ferrari with afterburners rocket ship experience of getting directly from point A to point B, which is where you are now, having neglected your Christian walk for decades, to a man who would have not neglected that walk for decades and is tremendously more deeply sanctified and therefore more formed in the image of Christ, therefore more like Christ, therefore more able to love his wife as Christ loved the church. And you can get there in a matter of weeks. And so what you've got to do is you've got to figure out, how am I going to solve this problem? Because what you say and what you do is absolutely important. And, and, and don't get me wrong here, man. There are things you could do. If you go cheat on her, if you raise a hand to her, if, if you are talking behind her back about her deepest, darkest secrets or, or putting pictures of her that she doesn't want on the internet, there are, there are things you can say and there are things you can do that can kill your marriage immediately. So it's important what you say and what you do. And in order to save your marriage, and this is another thing that I want to harp on, like there's some guys out there who are trying to do what I do, and they're saying that you can save your marriage without talking about it. That is nonsense. You must talk about it with your wife. How else, other than your actions and the way you show up, which is 59 60ths of the conversation, but man, what you say and what you do is part of the experience. You cannot take that part out. And so you must do it right. But what I'm telling you, man, is like, if you don't get that inside right, that outside is never going to be right. And if that outside is never going to be right, because it's either you can't do it, you can't pull it off, you can't make yourself do it, you are not a strong enough man, you are not a certain enough man, you are not a Christ-like enough man to actually do it. I mean, let's talk about that for a minute, man. Let's talk about what did Jesus do for us? And I like to talk about the big three. He suffered so we wouldn't have to. He literally, as the person least deserving to get nailed to the cross, he got nailed to the cross. And then he, he did that for us so that we wouldn't have to and we wouldn't have to burn in hell. The next thing he does is he suffers with us if he can't suffer for us. If God forbid your puppy gets run over, he's there to comfort you and he sends his Holy Spirit to comfort you. The next thing he does is he serves without expectation of being served. He washed the, the disciples' feet. He the, And... He said, because I've washed your feet, you wash each other's, not wash mine. And the other thing he does is he forgives us a thousand times a second if we need to. So I'm going to tell you, man, go into your marriage and be more like Jesus. Love her like Christ loved the church. So every single opportunity that you have to suffer in your wife's place, I want you to do that. I want you to do that, man. And, and, and as I think about it, I'm, I, I know you can't. I know you can't. <laughs> you know why I know you can't? Because it's impossible. Because only Jesus can do it every single time. But let me ask you this. In your broken, fallen, sinful, but justified body, which has the Holy Spirit and has sanctification, can you do it more often than you are doing it? Yes. Can you do it more often than any man she would ever reach out to or who would ever turn her head? Yes. Can you get better at doing it every day? Yes. Can you become an expert at this? Yes. Can you take it a step further? Can you serve her without expectation and get better every day? Yes. 
Can you take it a step further and forgive her when she's not doing this to you? And I don't mean just say it, man. I mean, where you feel the pain leave your body, the pain leave your body. Here, here's a little secret for you. We feel it. We feel it. This, this, I'm not enough. And therefore I will not have love. Now it's buried under six layers of concrete and steel and titanium, but it's there. And when she rejects you at night, you feel it. And when she rejects you during the day, you feel it. And when she tells you, I love you, but I'm not in love with you, you feel it. And it hurts. It hurts, man. And, and you know what? Only she can drive pain like that in our life. Nobody else. You lose a deal in business. It's like, whatever, right? That might hurt too, but nothing, nothing like when your wife rejects you. And so here's the thing. Can you forgive her when she does that in a way where that pain disappears? where that pain just goes away, where you don't even feel it anymore. Can you do that, brother? Can you do it every single time she wrongs you, every single time she hurts you? So when we start thinking, and man, this is just layer one of a hundred layers of Ephesians 5.25 that we have uncovered studying this and coaching over 2,200 men over the years. There's a hundred layers of this kind of stuff that you have to be able to figure out what it is and know it and master it and get better at it every day. But as you begin to get better at it every day, and you're not doing this under your own power, brother. You're doing this under the power of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and as you begin to get better at it every day, your wife starts to notice. She starts to see how you're treating her. She starts to feel how you're treating her. She starts to, the little program that God put in her head that says when you're being loved more and more like Christ loved the church every day, that you're fulfilled, that you're happy, that you feel like you are enough, that you feel like you are loved and lovable and you will not die without love. And that is the kind of woman who comes back and she says, I want to be a better wife for you because I don't want to lose you. Not, of course, until she works out all of, all of her hurt and her resentment. And that's a topic for another, another podcast. But what I'm here to tell you, man, is that there is a way to do this. There is a way to do this. The long road of decades of work, the short road of eight weeks of the afterburners. And what is the difference? The difference is that in the eight weeks of afterburners, what we do is we break it down for you step by step and we lead you through this process. We lead you through a curated set of experiences that will absolutely, completely and totally tear down the walls of pride and ego that have been keeping your marriage in the mud in a week or a week and a half. And then we turn that around. And we now use that platform of a body that is communicating that kind of love to her to give her her experiences. And you might be wondering, how can Bob do it and the Holy Spirit can't? And that is not the communication I want to make here. I want to be very clear that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that every man, you, me, every man you've ever met, we are like Adam in the Garden of Eden, ashamed of our sin, with fig leaf between our legs, hiding in the bush, pointing our finger at God and saying, God, the reason that, that I snapped at my wife is that woman you gave me. The reason that I can't stop looking at, 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 at stuff on pornography and, and, and stuff is that woman you gave me. The reason I can't stop drinking is that woman you gave me. The reason I can't stop having all these thoughts is that woman you gave me. What you got to understand, man, is that is the wall. That is the pride. That is the ego. That is what's standing between you and the Holy Spirit. And the one thing that God promises us above everything else for our walk here on earth is that he will not violate our free will. We have complete and total free will to stay in those bushes, put more fig leaves on, and wag our finger at God. And as sad as this is, 
It's the reality. It's what we're born into. It's this flesh of Adam that we're born into. We're no different than he is. What makes us different is Jesus. But where the churches are failing us is that Jesus, he saves us and we become justified sinners and we will be sinners until the day we die and get glorified bodies. But in between, we are supposed to become more like Jesus and sin less. And if we do, then your marriage has a 100% chance of success because God designed marriage to model Christ's relationship with the church. And if we don't, your marriage is likely to fail. So why hasn't God done this for you in the decades that you've been a Christian? You haven't let him. Now you may have paid at lip service and I was there, brother. I was there. Lord, please, and, and I, I come to you and, and I beg you, I'm, I'm on my face begging you to sanctify me, begging you to tear down my ego, tear down my pride. Let me surrender every heartbeat, every blink of my eye and every breath that I take to the Holy Spirit. Sanctify me completely and make me exactly like Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. And you want to know something, man? God knows your heart. You're praying that through your brain, but God knows your heart. And somewhere deep down inside, you're not ready to let go. You're not ready to let go of who you were. You're not ready to let go of, of whatever your name is, 1.0. Like Bob 1.0 was not ready to let go and, and truly surrender. And even when I prayed that prayer, something in my heart that I couldn't get to because it was buried under six feet of concrete and steel and titanium, it wasn't there. I, I couldn't unlock the door. So I was standing there trying to unlock the door or on my face begging God to unlock the door, but he's not going to take your free will away from you. Until you figure out how to blast through that concrete, you're going to struggle here, man. And I want to make sure, man, I'm not being some kind of false teacher. It's not like the only path to this is Bob. The true and only and one path to this is through your Bible. It's through prayer. It's through devotion. It's through worship. It's through fellowship. Like we all know this. But if you're stuck and you're struggling and you're suffering and you need a leg up, you need, you need help getting through this. You want to get through this as fast as possible. So you want to surround yourself with Christian fellowship of over 2,200 men who have done this quickly and who have done this successfully so that you can become like them. You can learn what they learned. You can do what they did. You can associate with them. You can ask them questions. You can pray with them. You can study with them. You can fellowship with them. You can have devotions with them. That's the reason for church in the first place. And so, the, man, I'm not saying that this is even about church. I'm saying this is about your marriage. But what I have learned is you cannot love her like Christ unless you become more like Christ. And so the fastest way that I've found to do that is this afterburn acceleration eight-week program where in the first week to a week and a half, we tear down those walls and we, we, we help you to invite the Holy Spirit in. And the Holy Spirit does all the work, all credit, praise, glory to Jesus. But you got to make a decision, man. If you're listening to this, if you're watching this, what you need to do is you either need to decide that I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to tear all that stuff down on my own. I'm going to try to figure out how to make up for decades of neglect of not doing that stuff and not getting sanctified. Because as an unsanctified man, I am not able to love my wife correctly. And there's almost 100% chance that marriage is going to end or it's going to end miserably, even if, if it ends in death. Or you're going to take a path and you're going to take the accelerator path. But my message here to you today, my message here to you today is that there is no way on the face of the earth that you think or you know that you can just say and do things differently and your marriage is going to be okay. 
And that's what every guy wants to believe. He wants to believe, well, if I just talk to her differently, if I just do things, if I just help her around the house, if I just, if I initiate getting the kids enrolled in private school, if I, if I make sure she has enough money in her bank account, if I make sure the dishes are washed, if, if I make sure that when she calls me out for the toilet seat being up, that I don't put it back, leave it back up, man, that is not going to save your marriage. The only thing that is going to save your marriage is that you, you, you deliver this from a platform of love. And the only way you're going to get that strongly and powerfully and deeply enough is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he completely, fully and enters your heart, as the entire Trinity is now invited in your heart and dwelling within you. So, men, you got a choice. And here's what I have to tell you. If you want help with this, go to www.realmanrevolution.com www.realmanrevolution.com watch our free training start it there and i'll see you on the other side